0: Speak softly, love, so no one hears us but the sky. The vows of love we made, we live on till we die. My life is yours, and I'll be cold. You came into my world with love, so softly, love. Welcome, everybody, back to Hollywood Godfather. And this is our mentor series. This is our second one, and you'll be hearing this tonight. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in there.
1: What a coincidence!
0: Pat Picciarelli is with us.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, I'm here.
0: Megan I realized I was here Why until you
2: me told me I was here. That. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Megan Horan, For anybody who might be confused,
0: I put your father's name in it. Don't you see what I'm doing? I'm giving him some credit, anyway.
2: That no, okay, Megan Haran. I'm yes, sorry, that's Megan me. Oh, my Horan. goodness, don't apologize. No, Never
0: apologize. So, Never as we just said, it's our second mentor, and I'm gonna have my cohort and partner in crime. Why well, I shouldn't say crime because he's a cop. Uh,
1: <laughs> I deny any criminal activity. I wasn't
0: even in the room when it happened. I love it, <laughs> no okay. matter what
1: it is, whatever it is. No
0: no is. What it is. I wasn't there.
2: All right, take it away, Pat.
1: <laughs> All right, well, this evening we're talking about Frank Costello, who uh was uh, Gianni's m- mentor, he had a, quite a few, but uh, Frank rises to the top.
0: He was my second one actually, and the longest Okay, uh,
1: But uh, probably, uh, arguably your most important mentor, correct?
0: Yeah, because I was with him 22 years. Well, there you go. Well, 22 yeah. years till he died, 73. Uh,
1: Frank Costello was born in 1891 in uh, Italy. Uh, he came here with his mom and his brother, moved to New York, East Harlem, uh, at that time, in fact, not not until too many years ago, it was an Italian enclave.
0: Oh my God, the Genovese family uh, controlled the
1: Spanish Harlem, but uh, the Italians got there first.
0: Yep. Well, the, the, the Spanish Harlem was another whole division of Harlem.
1: Yeah. yeah. But it was in the same area. It was on the east side yeah. of that. Yep. Germany. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway, uh, he got involved with uh, gang activities when he was young, at the right age of uh, thirteen. He became uh, a member of a local gang started calling himself frankie his uh real name was francisco castiglia not costello
0: i know well he, uh, he adopted he changed he adopted
1: the, costello Why?
0: to be appear as an irishman without a vowel and get away with more things than he did at Tammany hall
1: makes sense i can't tell you how many people think that costello was an italian name because it ends in a vowel <laughs> i'm serious i know people are very surprised that, that uh, costello was an irish name however our newly minted Costello committed uh, p- petty crimes, but he went to jail for assault and robbery in the following years: 1908, 1912, 1917. He was a busy little guy.
0: Yeah, back in about the day. He wasn't even 19- a little. He's 6'2". He's six foot what? two. He's not a little, little guy.
1: Well, you know what? I'm, well, he was a young guy.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm teasing you. All right. <laughs> uh, in in uh,
1: 1918, he uh, he married his one and only wife. Loretta Geigerman, a Jewish woman. I wonder how that went over with the family.
0: It went over uh, very well. And guess why he said it? He did that. It's his cover.
1: <laughs> he had uh, that's planned the, out. Would he? you marry me to be my cover? They're very romantic.
0: But you know what's so funny, though? No. <laughs> Most people don't know that John Gotti's wife is Jewish. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's why they went crazy when he made his son. His son can't be made his mother's Jewish. I know, yeah. John Gotti's wife is Jewish.
1: Wow son of a gun, i never knew that Mm-mm. but to 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 commemorate his uh his wedding he got uh locked up for carrying a concealed weapon and went away again <laughs> but then, from from there on in he uh, never he carried a the gun. man he was going to be and he watched himself and he 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 he, he, he served some more time he did uh, uh i think five more years tax evasion right back in uh fifty two and contempt in 51.
0: That's what, See, I met him unbeknownst to me when, when I was on the streets of New York. When it was the summer, actually. And uh, I met him in 57. Hmm. It's crazy when you think about it.
2: Yeah.
0: And, uh, they, and because it had the whole Appalachian thing was November of 57. Of uh,
1: 57. Yeah. Well, by then, his uh, his prison career was over. 52 yeah. was the last time he went away
0: I know, which is uh, ironic I just got the reason.
1: impression because of his stature that he was like a Carlo Gambino that he never served any time or no. couple, That's, that's kind of how
2: Carlo I pictured it
1: more. too yeah. yeah, but he did he did more than his share
0: well, and, But like we pointed out when we did the, the thing on Gambino even Capone, all of them the only way they really get most of these guys are income tax evasion yeah. He was doing street crimes mm. He wanted to be a tough yeah. kid You know he was a stick-up guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, yeah. it, it's crazy because my, my whole situation, I met him the summer of 52, of 57, and he just got out. And then he went to the Appalachian Crime Commission. I mean, a, a Appalachian uh, meeting. And that's why he would never go again. And fortunately, I became his eyes and ears in all those meetings. And the only meeting, he, any place he would meet anybody is the Waldorf Astoria. That's how he was there every day. Hmm. Because then he could check in, and a lot of people did. They used those rooms at that time before 9-11. You could check into a room under Mary Jane Smith. and Nobody cared.
1: These days, you have to give up your firstborn. Hello. Three forms of identification. Anyway, he joins a gang called the Morello Gang, uh, where he meets uh, Charlie Luciano. Uh, Actually, Charlie's name was Luciana. Why they put the O on the end of it is lost the history. But uh, he was still known as uh, Lucky. He was a uh, Sicilian leader of a uh, uh, low Manhattan East Side gang. Now, his family and the people in the gang he was in didn't like him associating with Luciano because he was Sicilian. And they didn't trust the Sicilians. And the Sicilians that Luciano was involved in didn't trust Costello because he was Calabrese. Right. He was from Calabria in Italy and didn't trust him. Despite the... Uh, the, the people opposing their friendship, they they remain friends uh, almost to the bitter end. I mean, well, that, that's why even
0: a lot of people don't realize. Even I'm bringing Gotti up again, because when I I set up a meeting for him to meet Stephen Seagal, and Stephen Seagal thought he'd be cute, and he's talking Sicilian to John Gotti. And John could barely speak English. Oh my oh, god! But you ready for this now? Yeah, and. Gotti said to him, Mr. Siegel, you know, Segal, Mr. Siegel, <laughs> he said, Siegel. I'm not going to talk Hebrew to you. And, and I'm not Sicilian. I'm normally done. Now oh get out of God. here. He
1: chased him. <laughs> yeah. And, and Segal said, I'm not Jewish. Or is it uh, Jewish? Uh,
0: no. I don't I'm even know. A, I don't think he is. He's living with Putin now. He's a gift yeah. with Putin.
2: Mm.
1: So they formed this, this gang. Uh, uh, even then, uh, Costello was a forward thinker and so was Luciano. They, The people that they picked to form a, a, a gang with were the, were the best and the brightest. I don't care if they were Jewish. They didn't care what they were. Right. Just what can you bring to the table? And uh, they also dealt with uh, Irish criminals, which was a no-no then. Right. Uh, I mean, Irish were really discriminated against back then. Uh, and, and, and so were the Italians. But he was doing business with uh, Dutch Schultz, only uh, Madden, Yep. Uh, Bill, Bill Dwyer, they called him Wild Bill. He's an Irishman, right? But he was like uh, he was like Gambino. He thought two decades ahead, mm. yep. rather than what can you do for me now.
0: And that's why when Louis Lepty and him, they all got together and they created Murder Incorporated. It was a brilliant move because who? And they were mostly Jewish guys. Not even the Irish. Like as years came later on. The Westies merged with the Gambinos. and and uh, In fact, our friend uh, DiMeo brought them in.
1: Oh, Roy? Our boy Roy? Yeah.
0: Did yeah. you know that? Roy, Roy brought the Westies to the Gambinos.
1: Oh, that I know, yeah. Well, that was a smart move, too. You won't anybody that's going to do any, any killing, just as long right. as it's not the Italians. Exactly. Now, uh, Costello had an opportunity to go to prison for quite a stretch in 1927, when he was caught smuggling 20,000 cases of liquor, in him and uh, B- Bill Dwyer, but the jury, uh, for some reason, deadlocked, even though they caught him with all the booze.
0: <laughs> Wonder how that happened. And then he went partners with jo- Joe Kennedy. After that, yeah, I
2: mean it was. They American. made
0: 30 yeah, okay. million dollars each in the 30s. 30 million.
2: That's insane. That's
0: it's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sharing some of the fruits of his work. <laughs> This where I'm sitting. Yeah,
2: where we're <laughs> sitting right now. Yeah, tell us about that.
0: No, I mean, this was a horse room that I first came to when I was 13 or 14 years of age. And I this we never used street numbers. We just used not like 61st Street, 63rd Street. We used the, the street address. The house but, number. The house number, so nobody knew. You go to 223, go to 148. We knew mm-hmm. where we were going. Right? What I did see. the house come with? uh well, and, well it was pretty big but yeah. not there was no beds or anything and it was uh my master bedroom now had 24 horse riders there was one big blackboard in fact when i remodeled this thing a couple of times all the alexander graham bell boxes for the cord wire phones to go to all the yeah. tables i kept them it's in my shirt closet just as nope. I, I remember part it. Of history. yeah part of history.
1: part of history how about phones
0: the, well, the phone number to this place, I'll keep out one digit, but it's a Plaza, Plaza 3 number. <laughs> and you still have it? I said, of course, it's 85 yeah. year old phone number.
1: Yeah, oh, and in it, case somebody comes back from the dead, they don't they know. Well, who I they just call. wanted it. it
0: was, what does it cost? $17? I want the number. Yeah, classic why not? number. That's classic. true.
2: History. Definitely classic.
1: Yeah, yeah, back in the day, for, for people who aren't aware of it, uh, New York phone numbers had. Uh, titles before them like my phone number was hickory six
0: yeah I, hickory. Wasn't four,
1: four yeah hickory six yeah. and then the rest of the number
0: yeah wow. and you used the first two letters like gibraltar Plaza that kind of thing so my number was pl huh so it worked so the the uh
1: when they went all uh,
0: Off of numerical, rotary. yep uh
1: h i turned into a four four if you look at it on the dial See. so it' would be four oh, four okay. six and that's how we got right. uh, those
2: numbers oh, god a
1: little it. part of history those of you who were uh, Weren't born at the time.
0: Hello.
2: Yeah, very interesting.
1: So well, where are we? 1920s. Johnny Torrio, who was a mentor of Al Capone, uh, wanted to organize the East Coast bootleggers, and uh, he, uh, they called it the Big Seven, and Costello was involved in that. He was, you know, an up and comer at the time. Uh, Longies woman. Joe Adonis is a name out of the past. They're a great name. Uh, Meyer Lansky were all part of this gang. Uh, Torrio's idea was to form a syndicate, and they did. Uh, his idea was received at a, uh, a a hotel meeting hosted by him in uh, 1927, uh, 1920. Uh, Torrio was there. Lansky was there. Luciano and was in Brooklyn. Pardon me, May 1929.
0: It was the St. George a, Hotel in Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, they said it was Atlantic City, but who knows? Anyway. Uh, oh, no, you're right. It was the,
0: Atlantic City. You're right. It, Atlantic City. It was
1: deemed by the press as the National Crime Syndicate. Huh. But that was a step before organized crime was actually really organized right. into the five families. But at least Torrio had the foresight to organize something. Right. And that's that's what they did.
0: No, I mean, and they, the they, their system. ability to create businesses, I mean, if they wanted to go to legitimate, they could be running a... a uh, you know 500 company they, they were so smart these guys it's amazing to me and um but where they went with their money think about what they made from the 30s on
1: <laughs> well i tell you uh frank costello talking about booze he got ahead because he figured one day uh prohibition is going to be over i mean it had to end it couldn't go on forever so he morphed into into slot machines
0: right I mean, St. Louis, Texas, Texas, major guy.
1: 25,000 slot machines in bars, restaurants, and cafes. 25,000.
0: Figure yeah. that out. If he made a dollar a day only. What was he making? Nickels, dimes, that's and insane. quarters.
1: 25,000. Yep. And these, you know, these are running 24
0: yep. 7. Know. And that's when they came in with the Italian lotto, which then they finally changed it to the numbers business and to keep it legitimate. It was the last three numbers of the total handling of any racetrack that was operating under the supervision of the Racetrack Association. So So it had to be honest. It had to be honest. So if they they were overloaded on...
1: And how much money people were going to spend.
0: And for a nickel, if you bet a nickel on a number, you had a combination, like you you wanted to do three numbers, you could buy a combination. But you put a nickel down on three numbers, it's worth $26 for every nickel you invested.
1: Yeah, but think of it. The, the the mob couldn't lose because they paid 600 to one. I know. I said, wow, 600 to one, but the actual odds are 900 to one. I know. It's <laughs> a three-digit number. I so know. So they couldn't lose unless everybody played, you know, they went to see a James Bond movie and played 007. Right. Then they break the bank, you but, know, if, uh, if, if that number came up. Yeah, but-, but I, other than that, no wonder they got rich.
0: That was ridiculous. That, oh. The money. You couldn't lose money. Nope. not nope. No, they were making 30% no matter what. Yep. It's crazy. I mean, there, As I'm saying, he, and even with me, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking now. Hindsight's twenty twenty. After the, the Appalachian thing, he sees this kid on the street selling ballpoint pens. When he asked me my name, he said, "Who's Angelo Russo to you?" And I told him, "He's my uncle." And that's when he told Blackie take that cigar box from him. you ain't well, that, was, that. that? That
1: was his henchman, so to speak. Yeah, Blackie.
0: Yeah, he was always with him. I thought it was his friend, but it was Well,
1: what was his real name, you know?
0: No. Didn't want to know. Always Blackie. He always knew me as the kid. (laughs) And and he was always Blackie. Blackie. And he was always Blackie. That's why, I tell you, a lot of people thought nicknames were a gimmick. Nicknames protect your identity. And that's why even some of the pictures with me and Cal Neva, anytime I saw a camera, I would turn my head. He told me to do that. Hmm. Don't have a photograph, checking of you, and what I I've never probably disclosed this, but uh, the person taking the pictures at Cal Neva that was 19- which
1: was a resort, you know, people. Yeah,
0: on Cal Neva is a resort on the on the California Nevada border. Okay. it was owned by a lot of people. Sinatra fronted it for some people, but a lot of guys were involved with it. Mm-hmm. And why they liked it, they could enter the property from California. It's right on the border. That's crazy. But Sam Giancana had this camera that he was going to take pictures of Marilyn and John Kennedy and Robert to blackmail him because he had the pictures of Jay Edgar Hoover in Chicago when they set him up as a cross-dresser. J. Edgar Hoover was not a straight guy all his life. In fact, his second-in-command you know his name, Pat. Clyde Tolson. Clyde Tolson was his lover all these years before okay. anybody came out of a closet.
1: <laughs> well, I, I mentioned this in a, in a former podcast. Uh, they were buried side by side.
0: Right. Oh. And, no, it's yeah. crazy.
1: Mm. And it was, and they they never admitted anything. You know, back in the day, you didn't admit <laughs> that, that's, that's for me. I'm not here. Uh, you know, Just nobody. Just a nice godfather town. You know, no, no one admitted they were gay, and uh, yeah, for the, the the head law enforcement. Uh, person in the United States to come out as gay would have ruined his career, oh God, ruined yeah. the name of the FBI. I mean, you're talking 70 years ago. Now yeah. we have uh, a uh, out-of-the-closet out gay guy running for president. Nobody cares. right? And we shouldn't care. He's a guy. Right. You know, he's running. So what?
0: Uh, but, the gotcha inter- yeah. okay. but the interesting thing about that is that that's why all the time, uh, or let's say 80% of his career as the FBI, he always denounced the mob. He said, no, that's mythical. There's nothing. nobody there until Joe Vellacci and a couple other guys, Vincent Teresa, and that was it.
1: Well, v- v- you know, Joe Vellacci was the guy. I mean, he exposed everything. And uh, uh, Hoover had, had no choice. Oh, yeah. Like to say. And yeah, then right I, after I, that. Yeah, there is.
0: Right after that came in uh, uh, Robert Kennedy as attorney general. And yeah. that's where he, the, the RICO the Act was fell. it. That was it. That was yeah. it. But the, the
1: highlight, you know, I think what brought uh, Frank Costello to the uh, forefront of the American public was the Kefauver Committee. Oh yeah, which was in uh, uh, 1951, uh, 1950 to fifty-one. It, it overlapped. Uh, there was talk, hard to believe, that there was organized crime in America, and uh, Estes Kefauver was a senator from Tennessee, right. with political ambitions, was going to hold these hearings and expose the fact that there was organized crime. That that people uh, that there was an actual combine coast to coast that were all connected, Uh, you know. Everybody saw uh, mafia movies, movies, television, or whatever. But now they saw an alleged leader, Frank Costello, who they subpoenaed had no choice but to appear.
0: But if uh, you go on YouTube, you got to see. As you know, he was the only guy to control the media. They were not allowed to film him. They filmed well, his hands.
1: Well, they did initially. They filmed him for two days, uh, and then when when he saw what the version of the dailies were back then, he saw himself and he didn't like what he saw. So he said, "You want me to talk? The only thing you can do now is have the cameras trained on my hands while I'm testifying." I can't believe really, they, and they, and they, did they acquiesced it. to do that instead like, of forcing. Okay. He was subpoenaed. I mean, he had to testify. Cameras right. can go anywhere, but such was the power of Frank Costello. Yep. Wow. You know, he told the federal government what to do when they did it.
0: Uh, but
1: uh, he was in the tax evasion right He's, after that. Right. Uh, $73,000 in uh, taxes he didn't pay. Uh, sentenced to five years in prison, fined $20,000 uh, $20, in 1954.
0: Right.
1: He appeals conviction. He was released on bail uh, from 1952 to 1961. He was in and out of federal prisons. Uh, fighting this thing back and forth. They revoked his bail, they reinstituted his bail, they revoked his bail. He spent significant time in and out of prisons during this time. This is something I didn't know. Yep. And he went, you know, just went and stood there and waited until his time was coming. This is old school guys. No, hmm. there's, there's no deals, there's nothing, I'm going to prison, I'm going to prison. But, now, the people that I was involved with that I ever talked to back then had a saying, five years I can do it standing on my head.
0: Oh yeah. Wow. But see, that's before they implicated the, the RICO Act. The real stand-up yeah. guys would do it. See, once the RICO Act got in, involved with it, they confiscate everything. Your home, your wife is thrown on the street. Those the old-time guys, they go do five years, they didn't care because it, their wives weren't being touched. And the old-school mobsters would bring you a payment to your wife, so while you're doing your time, that's why they never gave anybody up.
1: If yeah, you're looking at 99 years, you may yeah. have a change of heart.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm talking yeah. about the old-timers.
1: Yeah, prior to that, yeah.
0: They, they would never do it. And and, uh, and that's why Robert Kennedy, he he implicated the, the RICO Act. It was on the books for 30 years or something. Can you
2: explain what the RICO Act is again?
0: A
1: racketeer Influence and Corrupt uh, Organized Crime, RICO. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, actually, it was... Uh, the person who really utilized that to its fullest extent was Rudy Giuliani. Oh, yeah. He, convicted, he convicted the heads of the five families under RICO. Oh. Right, and they right. all went away for 99 years.
0: Oh, my. That's amazing. Oh, yeah,
1: now he was, uh, he, because of what he did, it propelled his career. He ran for president. Yeah. I mean, now he's self-destructing, I think.
0: But, oh, I think uh, so. Back
1: too. in the day, he was America's mayor. Everybody loved him. Well, then, and you know, because
0: people- he was the mayor during 9-11. He was getting publicity worldwide, being down on the site. Well, you know what bothers me? He was down that site every day. We lost like 13,000 people of cancer. Why didn't he yeah. get it?
1: What was he wearing? Got me. I mean, uh, uh, he... uh. I mean, he, his claim to fame, I mean, you know, you don't want to become famous on the dead bodies of 3,000 people, but that's where he was recognized. But one thing he couldn't do, he wanted a third term, and there was a two-term limit for mayors. And it, with all his fame, with all his adoration, with Man of the Year, Time Man of the Year, medals and accolades, he could not do it. And he had to go out after two uh, two terms. Mike Bloomberg comes in, does his two With terms. With all the says, money, nice Jewish guy. Term. Within a week, <laughs> yeah. he got a law passed. Yep. And he became a, a three-term mayor. Yep. How the wow. hell did he do it? did
0: 12 years. I know why. Hello. He, he, controlled, he controlled Wall Street. The money. He
1: controlled somebody because it happened so quickly. No. no I mean, uh, uh, Giuliani tried for a long time to well, get I, I think people started he to see
0: what he was. He was grandstanding on a tragedy. Yeah. I think the real people said, you know, no,
2: Mm.
0: what for? But you know, I mean, my my personal association with Frank Costello, which like was like an omen to me because Frank Costello died in um, seventy three, right?
2: Yep,
0: and it was like sixty
2: nine. I said seventy three. No, no, he
0: didn't die in sixty. I can tell you why. No, the only way I had the power that get all the unions to make the God for everything. he was there yeah
2: he was around
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was around but he he lasted and right I, I have his date of birth I mean death I know when it was because I was standing in the Catholic uh, at the public school across the street from Frank um uh, right the what the hell's the name of the big the, the big uh oh he died March 23 1973 and I they laid him out up on 86th. And, and Madison Avenue, yeah, the Frank Campbell funeral, Home. Frank Campbell funeral home, and I couldn't come in because I, they were still having that problem with me. Why, why wasn't on the dais a year before? And I didn't want to shake anything up. So well, the I, dais, you have
1: know, to ex- explain to people oh, that don't know what you yes,
0: on. The dais uh, on the on the March of, January, of June 28, nineteen seventy one, was the last rally for Joe Colombo. And it was this time in a positive way, because he let us shoot the movie, mm. and- Well, this
1: was the Italian-American defamation league.
0: Right. People and, who
1: don't know what that was, he was saying that Italians were, were persecuted, there was no such thing as the mafia, et cetera, et cetera. So he holds this huge rally, take it from there.
0: Yeah, but oh, that, that, this was the repeat one now. Mm-hmm. Now he's, he wants the glory, he's like him watching him back into Rome, because now the movie was being made, the Italians—they weren't being called WAPs. They weren't—he got all that done, which is funny because I was the only person in the movie to clean up your guinea brat. That word was taboo; you couldn't use it. So when I used it, Coppola said, "We can't use that," and, and, and they, they have somebody from legals on—you on, know, on set. On set, right? He said, you can't use it. I said, "I'll take the responsibility of it." And they said, well, he brought him to the meeting. I guess he's right. You know, we can understand it. It was taken out of the script.
1: Did but you ever were get supposed any to backlash be there On that? the day is the day of the rally.
0: Yeah. I, I was you were
1: conspicuous to. by your absence. Why weren't you there?
0: Well, the problem was, is that I get a call that morning from Tommy Bellotti, who the people will know their name, because he was gunned down in front of Sparks by Gotti and Sammy the Bull, with Paul Castellano, because when he became boss, Paul Castellano, this was his loyal driver and chauffeur. And who so was guard.
1: he? Who was he then?
0: He was nothing. He was, he was with the Gambinos.
1: Oh, he was just the made guy. Just the made guy,
0: boss. big earner. Yeah, big earner, and about two or three million on the street in, in book and uh, Shylock money. Two or three Sorry. million. And one of the shooters, I can't name his name because I know him well, he was given that as a gift, organizing and doing it right.
1: So you're on your way, all set to be on his dais, and he calls you.
0: And says, he calls me up, and he says, uh, you going to that rally? I said, yeah. He said, no, you're not. I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't go. I love go. these
1: guys. <laughs>
0: I said, yeah. Uh, I'm on the dais. He said, I don't care if you're sitting on his lap. You're not going.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: So And he hung up. That's it. Uh So now I call Barry Slotnick. I said, Barry, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, He was the attorney for the Anti-Defamation League. Okay. And he was the one that got me the part with Paramount Negotiated the whole deal. Right. And Joe Colombo was instrumental in me getting the part 100%. And now I'm supposed to be there and, you know, they had Sammy David, they had a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. And Ty said, Joe, I feel terrible. I got a stomach virus. I can't sit there. He's, said, I'll send you, you know, your regards to Joe. I go downtown, I take the N train, right? And I go right, get off, and I'm, I'm not sitting at Angelo's. Just a summer day, you know, June 28th, a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. They just put my dish down, and it comes over the radios. Joe Colombo was shot, and they shot seven other people too. They had two guys, Colombo guys, were dressed as New York cops, to cover them. And uh, Joe Gallo got this black guy to do the hit because he told this black guy that he can get him into the Gambino family. Oh, that's sure so
1: easy. I, buddy, I, I would. Oh my uh, gosh! That uh, was so Jerome Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that was his, his claim to fame, and that was it for Jerome.
0: Right. But the but sad got, part.
1: He, well, he got shot as soon as he shot Colombo.
0: Right. They mm-hmm. had it set because they knew who the shooters were when. they had to kill them right away. Right. But the interesting thing is, two days before Jerome Johnson was going to do this, he's, can I have another press pass too? So Joe Gallison, for what? He's, my girlfriend wants to come. That girl died because this idiot <laughs> wanted her oh my gosh. to be there.
1: That's so- crazy by your absence your very obvious absence it seems that you were involved in this
0: well it 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 got worse because of the fact that after a week of investigation looking at all the crime scene photos the dais with my chair had my name on it and it was and nobody you weren't in. sitting in it i wasn't sitting in it <laughs> so now not only did the fbi looking for me ocb in new york is looking for me organized crime bureau for the people who are, are not looking, looked at from <laughs> the police force. Yeah. And the Colombo family. So I said, Tommy, you got me into this. You got to sit by the Colombos. You called me. And when Tommy, because he was still in power, said he was with us. He had nothing to do with this. He didn't know what was going on.
1: But apparently that didn't really uh, do the trick because you still couldn't go to Costello's funeral. That was the following year.
0: No, but I, I know that didn't do the trick because I didn't answer a New York subpoena to oh. come in for OCB. So the yeah. subpoena was still out because I didn't, it was a no-show, there was a warrant.
1: Uh, so every every cop that attended that funeral, and it was many.
0: Would have saw me. That's yeah. why I didn't go.
1: You must have felt like, you must have felt
0: terrible. Not. I'll tell you why I felt better. I had to go there just so I can call his wife. I had the private number. God but something happened to him, to the house. Where were you? I was what? in the. I was in. I was in the public school. If anybody goes to Campbell's, you're going to go there. There's a public school, four stories. I was there when they took the coffin out that morning, and that afternoon I called her, and I said, "You look marvelous today, and your daughter's dressed in there and that." I, 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 so she said, "You were there." I said, "You knew I would not be there. I had to be there, but on the circumstances. She said, I know the circumstances because everybody kept asking, is Johnny Russo coming?' <laughs> yeah. hmm. But, but what she understood. Oh yeah, of course she does. She knew that life all her life. Forget about it. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, if this guy didn't take me under his wing, I don't know what, where I'd be really, because you know, you would, when I when you I, I be wanted on his
1: podcast, that's what she. Was.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, but when I wanted to open a club. In Vegas, he said, "Opening at a Tropicana Hotel, I own a piece of it. When I want I mean, anything, I wanted to do, it's got kind of gave me the permission to do it. I mean, yes, he got me involved with something I didn't know. I, I loved love being involved, getting Senator John F. Kennedy elected as a president, because the greatest parties I did in all my life. <laughs> those years, those two or three years of getting him in, and then I, you know, I uh, I went. To, I didn't know why I was going to Austin, Texas." Because after the first few primaries, they realized they needed Texas. So off I go to Dallas, drive to Austin, Texas, with an envelope, go to this ranch, drive back to the airport and fly. The next day, Lyndon Bain Johnson announces he's gonna run as his mate. They made a deal. They said John F. Kennedy will do the first eight years. That's how I'm, ambitious and optimistic they were mm-hmm. and then you back him here and you'll do the next eight as president and that's why uh,
1: well he needed somebody from the south to win
0: oh yeah needed needed all a, of that a,
1: yeah. a, a new england uh, dilettante he right. wasn't going to capture the south without a
0: and, a, and not only Johnson. that a catholic irish boy. yeah first catholic yeah. That you know, I was but, the
1: first Catholic that ever thought about running for president, and it was yeah. st- stupid rumors going around that he was going to take his orders from the Pope. How ignorant to some people! I
0: mean, yeah, I'm, well, they were saying this. So, uh, Christ, I know, I heard it, know, it. I mean, I was know, a kid that,
1: then, but I, I definitely yeah. heard it. Uh, getting back to Costello, what were the circumstances of his attempted assassination when they tried to kill him?
0: I, you know, I think that was still a setup. That was Vito Genovese. That was the first Ch- Ch- Chin Gigante who now became the boss of the Genovese family many years later. How could you miss a guy on an elevator at close range?
1: Well, I tell you, if that wasn't set up, he he played it awfully close, hit him in the head. No, no,
0: I think he he meant to go do it, but when he sees Costello and knows how powerful he was, he fucked up, he he just panicked.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, whatever they set out to do, they actually accomplished because Costello retires.
0: Right, and he wanted to anyway. But he didn't want to retire with a bullet in his head. So and I, I think, think... No, but I'm I'm thinking... And the good news, as you, know, as you know, when he was picked up, he stood by the guy. He said, who was he? I don't know. I don't know who yeah. the guy was. And you knew him because he was an underboss to Ju- you know, Genovese at the time. So I think all of that, they took into consideration. And he wanted out. He didn't want to be a street boss no more. I heard the stories. Him and Maya, what they were doing worldwide, like you said, with the slot machine, this guy was... Forget the money. Super rich. Why, why, do, why would he have to
1: expose himself? You know, all the time he spent in and out of prisons, just because he was Frank Costello. That's the only reason. Right. And well, who needs this? But he became, for, from my research, an elder statesman. Yep. In the mob, and he was always oh my god, yeah. Uh, they called
0: consultant. him the ambassador. Yep. So
1: he he, he he retained an exalted position without the, the the peril of getting arrested.
0: See, and the other thing, most people on the outside looking in. When a guy of that stature is still turning into Sicily the amounts of money, I hate to say it, but you earning that kind of money, they ain't going to kill you, to forgive yeah, Well, you
1: know, it, it always gets
0: money. down to the money. Yeah. And he turned in millions to them. And he didn't have to, because they created the syndicate and that was above everything else. But Sicily, he did what he's supposed to do so how
1: did he how did he spend his final years you know I granted every now and then he met with the guys and he what he had to do but how did he spend his private time I'm sure he had a lot of it
0: no he had he, he, you know he was still spending time with the Earl Wilson's and going to 21 he was a gentleman he loved yeah. still going to Tammany Hall so I mean he had a, a free life yeah and, uh, did he have kids yeah Two you never hear
1: anything about the kids.
0: You never see a picture of his wife either.
1: No, never. Hello. Wow. When nope. did she? When, you know when she passed away?
0: She passed away five years after him. Stayed at on fifty-seven on uh, West Seventy-second uh, Street. Yeah, right
1: yeah. on the corner. I remember the yeah. the, the building, the Majestic
0: the 50,
1: 50, uh, 72nd is Central Park West.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. you are you are a cop. You would know that nobody else. Of course, from the Dakota too. I mean, yeah. 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 Why? Of course, from the Dakota. That was uh, well, that's where John Lennon well, got killed.
1: Right. Well, I got a y- y- Yoko for a number of years. <laughs> and I, I, I always used to look out in there and say, Frank, you know, I I never, I was a kid, but I remember him coming into my, my father's restaurant twice. Of course, it was like the Red Sea party. And a very mm. nice guy and all that, but I, who's Frank, I still am, nine years old.
0: Right. Hello. You
1: know? uh, but uh, I, I remember his name was never introduced to him. I stayed away. He came in with a couple of people. He, he was there twice and probably more than that, but I wasn't in the bar that
0: often, right, right. you know?
1: Uh, and i said and i'm thinking back to my youth and i said Gee, that's where frank costello
0: lived huh no but you know it's so funny uh, when frank died on, on february 18th in 73 mm-hmm. it was like he knew i was okay now because in march twenty eighth, 1973 we win three oscars for the godfather <laughs> wow is that scary when you think of the, all this stuff that went on with this guy with me and him and that's what it—that's
1: what it culminates in.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, and when the uh, Carmine Galante, who we had a show on a couple of months ago, uh, one of his first orders of business was to blow up Costello's mausoleum. Right. Really. And oh, yeah, he's there. buried in Queens. A lot of these guys are buried in Queens. Oh yeah. Lucky Luciano is buried Bur- in Queens. Yeah. They, he was—he died in Italy at an airport, and uh, he was his body was flown back to the United States, buried in Queens, New York. Costello's bu- buried in Queens. There was a couple of bombings at his yeah mausoleum, yep. and it was all Galante.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm assuming Galante didn't like him.
0: No, but yeah. well, Galante came out to take over the world. You know that. That's what yeah, he, but he was the guy's try dead. Him.
1: Let him rest in peace. He's got to blow up his mausoleum. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> a little it's, excessive. It's like, you, can't, it, you can't make this stuff up. You know, it, it, Galante it, was crazy, and now this further cements his reputation as a nut. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: uh, I think we, that was a great mentor, though. That we this was a good one course my second mentor
1: Uh, r.i.p frank Mm costello yeah the last of the gentlemen gangsters Yep, really
0: no i'm gonna tell you my next one for april maya lansky another gentleman gangster
2: something to look forward to
0: there we go well we're gonna go to the mailbag
2: all right let's do it All right, so first message is from EJ. EJ says, my mother grew up in East Harlem on 106th Street where my grandfather had a shoemaker shop, and she tells stories of the young racketeers that used to hang out in the area. Your stories and the way you tell them remind me of hers. Anyway, I was wondering if you know anything about Paulie Lefty della la Universita, or as he was known, the judge, who was said to be the consigliere for all five families.
0: No, I don't know about having one consigliere for five families
1: mm-hmm. no you're consigliere for one family
0: that's all you can be no tell well i don't know where you got the information no Holly
2: left the Della, you know you don't know, I know name.
0: how could he be a consigliere for all five families you can't i don't yeah, know so, so that's Each sort of the, that would
1: one. be a what's known in, in, yeah. in legal circles as a conflict of interest yes <laughs> yeah
0: especially <laughs> next
2: all right next one is from frank frank says i have to compliment your show once again I have my sister now listening. Absolutely fantastic content. Uh, Any update on the potential movie correlating to the book? Would so love to see that happen. And who does Gianni think would be great to play him throughout his different life
0: stages? Well, this guy's got great timing because the three of us today read the first draft of the first hour of the book going to... Screen. Screen. So good timing, son. It's going to happen. We Mm -hmm. promise you that. And and
1: who's going to play you? Who would you like to play well, you uh, well, I, when you're I,
0: coming up? What I wanted to, who I wanted to play, and I, I know him well enough, and I, I watched him come up, was Leonardo DiCaprio. He used to, When I owned the Malibu Win, he used to come up from Bar. They shot a lot of that in Baja, at Fox Bar, Baja. And, uh, but now, fortunately for our success of the podcast, we're no longer just doing 10 hours. They're looking for the option of adding a podcast if the ratings are there, so they, we're not going to get an actor of that caliber to assign to the, on. You to devote that kind of time. Yeah, I can't. And why would he want to, right? But, but, but you know, we well, we read the script today. You saw there's a lot of yeah, sure,
1: good, good There's
0: a lot of flash. No, I'm talking about the flashback. So we could oh. get a young Johnny Russo mm-hmm. and surround them with major stars, which we're only looking. where we already had a conversation, and and the, the audience should know. Nick Vellulungo, who won the Oscar for Green Book last year, Best Picture, Best Screenplay, he's writing this already. So we're well ahead of everybody. But uh, and Nick, a very
1: timely question.
0: Yeah, very timely. Yes,
2: and and right.
0: I know why. I know who's playing Frank Costello. You I mean, we just talked about Frank Costello. Mm-hmm.
2: Can we we'll mention a name?
0: Yeah, Nick. Nick locked in Chaz Palminteri. Good choice. He's got the height. He's got everything. So
2: yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good choice. All right, next one. Please. Next one's from Thomas. Thomas asks, When Joe Bonanno was exiled, was he still involved with the mob or could he not be involved with it anymore?
0: He was involved with his family in Sicily. But basically his Bill Bill Bonanno was the underboss of the Banana family in this country. And he was basically but they were exiled to Arizona. They they still had a crew here, but nobody respected them anymore. Or was or wasn't supposed to, let's put it that way. <laughs>
2: All right. Next one is from Jennifer for Patrick. Jennifer says, I'm a huge mystery and crime fan. I researched you and found a mafia story in an anthology from 2007 called Bronx Noir. Great story. How did you come up with that ending? Had me completely fooled.
1: Ah, (laughs) yes, that was was the Prince of Arthur Avenue. Uh, It won so many awards. I dreamt the plot. Now, it's just a little fast, 25 words or less. Anybody who reads that story, it's 14 pages. No one ever guessed how that ended. And I'm talking thousands of people. No one ever guessed the ending of that. Why didn't you I just ever bring this it. up
0: before? That's great. It was
1: the only thing I ever wrote that was made into a movie, uh, called The Prince of Arthur Avenue. It's wow. available on Amazon. Uh it's a short story, short movie. They made it to enter it in uh in some kind of a festival a, a film yeah. uh c- contest somewhere out west. But
0: uh Well you know why they do that, because if somebody's studio likes it, then you gotta be exactly. that's what it's yeah. about.
1: Yeah. If yeah, the guy, the, the, the producer called me, uh, I did, you know, out of the blue and said, this is a great story. He says, i got a hell of an ending. I'd like to do it. So they didn't have the money to shoot in the Bronx. They turned uh, Walla Walla, Washington, Washington State, Walla Walla, Washington, they turned into the South Bronx. I love it. Huh. Street signs. I mean, it, it's easily rec- recognized as not the South Bronx. Anyway, <laughs> well, it's they un- shot I'm
0: it on their credit nice card just to get it out there and get some attention. A yeah, well, I mean, it was,
1: it was okay, I mean, uh, but uh, the, 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 the short story is also on Amazon, it's a standalone, it's, it's, on, uh, it's out on Amazon, call the Prince of Arthur Avenue. I, I got a one mileage out of that, like, you got all this mileage out of The Godfather. This was 2007, I wrote this thing, it took me right. like 20 minutes, and people are still calling me on it, like this person.
0: That's wow. Great. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah that's Thank awesome. you for bringing it up.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so next one is from Ellen. Ellen asks for Gianni, what is your best memory on the set of The Godfather?
0: The time I spent with Brando every morning, just him, Dick Smith, and I, and he taught me how to be an actor. Not that he needed to teach me, he needed to polish me. <laughs> I think I've been acting ever since I came out of my mother's womb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, next one is from Eric. Eric says When you speak of the way presidents have been elected and celebrities have passed versus the way papers and the news have portrayed it, what do you say to the non believers?
0: I don't say anything to them. Believe what you want. What do I care what you think? Good answer. That's me. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't fluff anything up.
1: Yeah. Ask an answer. There you go. Absolutely.
2: All right, so next one is from Rich, or I'm sorry, Rick. Rick says, Dear Mr. Russo, you're a legend and I love your podcast. Like, legend? <laughs> yeah. That's a big word.
0: I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> to Rick, Gotta start too. somewhere.
2: Yeah. Uh, like many of your listeners, I can tell you're a sweetheart of a guy. And yet in your legendary godfather appearance, you're a terrifying example of domestic abuse.
0: Oh, my God, yeah.
2: Maybe I'm being too artsy here, but do you ever look at the guy you portrayed and wonder how you were so good at acting that part? I know it's not you, and it shows your brilliance as an actor, but was there ever a character in your life who scared you as much as your character Carlo scared audiences?
0: I'm going to tell you who. Hmm. Good question. My father used to abuse my mother. I was watching that happen through my first four or five years of life. My mother was constantly be running around the kitchen table because my father was a nut. So, how, it must be
1: frightening as hell for a five-year-old kid to watch this. No
0: kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah so that's why it stuck in my mind. And it's, it's a great question. Thank you for asking it. But Brando said to me, how are you going to do this? And he said, you, did you ever witness anybody abusing your mother or anybody, your sisters, your grandmother? I said, that's wild. I said, my mother. He said, you got to draw on that. You got to use that. And that's what I did.
2: Hmm.
0: So good question.
1: It worked out out well. Yes, it did.
0: did.
2: Yeah, great question. All right, I have one last one for this episode. So the last one is from Bruce. Bruce says, you both grew up in Manhattan's Little Italy that is centered around Mulberry Street. However, there's another neighborhood in downtown Manhattan, not far away, that's also sometimes called Little Italy. Did you consider this a completely separate neighborhood from your Little Italy? If so, were these two neighborhoods run by different crime families? You got it. They kind of hint that they were in the movie Mean Streets when the police officer that shows up to the fight in the pool hall refers to the West Side and the East Side because of gang or other rivalries. Would it ever have been dangerous for someone who lived in your little Italy to go and hang out in this little Italy? Yeah, he's talking about Greenwich Village. We of course, get that straight. yeah, yeah. well, okay. that's just
1: for the listeners that, that don't know, yeah. I wouldn't think so. I think there was there was respect on both. There ends. was respect. You on don't. Yep. You don't. Commit violence where you live or work. And I okay.
0: respect that. And that's that they come down to eat on, on Mulberry Street. We knew who they were. No, but I, and like Pat's saying, there, there is an unwritten respect that when you're on our neighborhood, you respect us, we respect you.
2: Right, but no rivalries.
0: And maybe later on in the years, they were, you know, little things, but nothing that was going to take to
1: rivalry of business. Right, But the the object is not to get that rivalry into the press. That's so all. You try, you, you try to work it you out. Handle uh, okay. it. Yeah, you yeah,
0: handle it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then if not, what normally happens in a situation like that, I'm sure all the listeners heard this before, they have a sit down and they bring it in and they bring in the two idiots that created the problem mm-hmm. and they're just <laughs> going to make a decision. They
2: keep it contained. <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, that's well, that's, that's all the questions that I have for tonight.
0: Well, Thank you again. Again, please tell your friends, cousins, even people you don't like. Tune in there. become <laughs> a you subscriber. Like you don't like. People you don't like. Let us yeah. pain. Anyway, or <laughs> joy. But we appreciate you who are listening. Pats, good night. Megan, we love you all. Good night,
1: everybody. You had a great time as you Good night, guys. Good night. Bye.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Bye. the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at hollywoodgodfatherpodcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.
0: careful step